What is the Podcaster Matrix? The Podcaster Matrix is your source for podcast media hosting. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at podcastermatrix.com. The sound of the voice on the other end of a 911 call is almost always delivered frantically. The needs of the caller on the other end of a 911 call are ones that need to be met immediately. The services sent to a caller during a 911 call are always delivered efficiently. The stories, perspectives, and details created by these calls over more than 20 years are life lessons and legacies for everyone involved, including me. The records are archived for all time, like this podcast, digitally. I am a 911 dispatcher. My name is Lisa. This is Digitally Dispatched. It happens to us all. We're driving along and then some idiot decides to come over into my lane. But because I'm in their blind spot, I have to slam on my brakes as to not get clipped by them. And I have to let this jack wagon get in front of me because he's in some sort of hurry and paying attention, not in his wheelhouse, Ugh! So what do you do? You might scream every curse word in the book, flip them off, honk your horn, tailgate them, or follow them. Maybe do all of the above. I'm guilty of one or three of those. We all have moments of road rage, and we all handle these moments differently. It is how you handle these situations that can mean life or death. I receive calls all the time about road rage because my city is surrounded by highways. Of course, not all road rage happens on the main highways, but I would say that the vast majority of them do. Most of the road rage incidents I receive go something like this. The call begins. 911, where's your emergency? Yeah, this mother is riding my mother ass. And then he cut me off and now this jackass is brake checking me. Sir, what roadway are you on? Highway 64. You need to get a cop out of here right now and stop this mother Are you heading east or westbound? Um, westbound. But ma'am, he's... Sir, I'm trying to get help to you. What are you approaching? We just passed um, under an overpass and heading towards that interchange. You know, where 64 meets 70. Great. What kind of vehicle is he in? A big red truck with license plate of ABC123. But ma'am, sir, my partner is giving out the information right now. May I have your name and phone number? He provides both for me. Not only are we giving the information out to our officers, but we're also giving the information to the other municipalities that you're heading into, as well as the county police and state highway patrol. Okay, good. Sir, did you need to speak to an officer about the incident that happened with you? No, I just need the cops to get out here and get this motherfucker off the road before he kills someone. The information has been given out. Are you still behind him? No, I'm going home. I'm on westbound 70 now. He continued northbound on 61. Thank you, sir. I will make sure that all the information is updated and given out to all the agencies. Yeah, okay, thanks. You're welcome. Drive safely. This is very typical of the kinds of calls about road rage that we receive. Most of the time... People don't want contact. They just want to vent because they're upset. Not that they don't want officers to catch the bad guys. They just don't want to get involved. But they want the bad guys off the road. Unless a road rage incident results in accident, injury, or death, 
we take all the information that we can get and give it out to all the agencies to let them know that the vehicle is driving carelessly and what has been reported to us. We make sure to try and obtain the plate if we can. Now, callers sometimes can't get the license plate because either there's not one on the back of the vehicle or they can't see it or it's just too dangerous to get close enough to find out what it is. Last thing I wanna do is put one of my callers in harm's way. I need to take a little break. This will give you the opportunity to hear from my sponsors and see how they can help you. But make sure to stay with us because on the other side of the break, I'm gonna share some stories with you about how road rage can become deadly. I'm Lisa and you are being digitally dispatched. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From The Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. Do you like what you're hearing during the Digitally Dispatched podcast? Let's have a conversation about how you can help us grow. Visit my website at digitallydispatched.com and let's find a way to get your organization, business, or effort to benefit from my focused and engaged audience. Let me help you grow your digital footprint and foster educational content on the internet. Open a channel now at digitallydispatched.com. That's digitallydispatched.com. The one question each podcaster should be asking themselves is, why am I still editing my own podcast? Mike Wilkerson from the Two Guys Talking Podcast here. I've podcasted and edited for over a decade, and I know what an hour and a half podcast turns into when you get in front of the editing stack. Let me tell you, it's not an hour and a half. It's closer to probably double that time. Are you ready to hand off the time you're wasting editing your own podcast? Looking for a cost-effective solution that doesn't break the bank but gives you super experienced quality podcasting back to you in a short period of time? Be sure to check out The Editor Core. Make your podcast soar with The Editor Core. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore. Hey, this is Lisa at Digitally Dispatched. I'm back from break and ready to share with you some crazy road raging stories. The call continues. Like I said before the break, most of the road rage calls I get don't result in accidents, injuries, or damages. Instead, they are just angry citizens calling in to alert the police that there's some jack wagon out there driving crazy and they are concerned for the safety of others out on the road. I'm going to tell you three stories about road rage incidents that you're just not going to believe. The first story I'm going to tell you about is about a drunk driver. This happened in 2019. He's driving on a main roadway in one of our cities, and he starts to veer into the other lane and nearly sideswipes a woman in her car. She honks at him to let him know he's getting a little too close. That's all it took. He's mad. So he gets right behind her and decides to follow her. 
apparently he followed very close behind her and she got onto one of the major highways and continued to go home. In the interim, she calls her husband to let him know what's going on. The husband calls the police to let the police know that they need to respond to his house because his wife has a guy that was road raging against her because he nearly sideswiped her. She's afraid he might be drunk and now he's tailgating her all the way home. The officers are dispatched to their location. However, she gets home before the police do. When she pulls up in front of her house, the road rager pulls up right next to her car and blocks her inside of her own vehicle. She can't get out unless she climbs across the console and goes out the other side. He rolls his window down and continues to yell at her with very colorful language. And the husband steps out. Husband has a gun in his hand, but doesn't point it at the road rager. He just holds the gun to let him know he's serious. And what did the drunk driver do? He reached under his steering wheel, pulled out his shotgun, and points it at the husband. The husband tells him that the police are on the way, and that if he doesn't want to get in any kind of trouble, he better get going. And with that, the man leaves. The officers arrive on scene. They investigate the situation. The woman had all the information that the police need, what kind of vehicle it was, a full description of him. The husband actually got the license plate. The officers gave it out to the rest of their crew to look for him because they're all still in the same city. About two hours later, officers pulled the man over because of the road rage incident and found out that he really is drunk. His blood alcohol content was 0.108. The legal limit is 0.08. They find the shotgun, and the thing that makes me the most angry, also inside his vehicle, is his eight-year-old granddaughter. Let that sink in for a second. This man has an eight-year-old child in the car with him. He's driving drunk. He's angry because he gets honked at, almost hit another vehicle, then follows the person who honked at him home. Guns are displayed. And this eight-year-old witnessed every single moment of it. Well, the man was arrested. He was held on $30,000 cash-only bond. And what that means with a cash-only bond is that sometimes they'll say you can use surety. And surety means that you can get a bondsman to post 10% of it. Not in this case. He had to come up with a full 30K to get out, or he was sitting tight. He sat tight, by the way. His charges were driving while under the influence, endangering the welfare of a child, and assault fourth degree. And the reason it's assault fourth degree is because he brandished a weapon. He didn't actually have to put hands on anybody, but that's considered assault when you point a weapon at somebody else. I am certain that he probably did time for this because he had at least two other DWI arrests, and number three makes it a felony. Let's talk about story number two. This one happened back in 2012. I remember it shoot, like it was last week. It was a nice day out, lots of motorcycles out riding around. It was on a Sunday. There was a husband and wife driving their motorcycles, or riding their motorcycles, if you will, and a older gentleman with his wife and grandson were driving in Grandpa's truck. Apparently, Grandpa cut off the motorcyclist's wife, and this upset the husband. So he followed the truck off of the interstate and up to a stoplight right at the top of the exit. 
Once stopped at the red light, the motorcyclist gets off of his motorcycle, approaches the older gentleman in his truck, and the two of them have words. They start arguing, and the younger man, who I found out was 38 years old, punches the older man, who was 65 years old. When he punched him, Grandpa pulled out his gun, a semi-automatic handgun, and shot the man in the chest. Witnesses everywhere start calling 911. We've got a fight going on the side of the road. We got a man shot. Everything went crazy. Officers arrived on scene, and the ambulance arrived on scene just moments after the incident took place. The motorcyclist was taken to the hospital where he survived his injuries. The 65-year-old man, his wife, and grandson remained in the vehicle, spoke to the officers, explained what had happened. After the fact, there were no charges filed. It's like, what do you mean, no charges? The guy shot him. Well, that's because in the state of Missouri, if you're inside your vehicle or inside your home and you feel that your life is being threatened, you may use deadly force to protect yourself and your family. Being that the aggressor was the man who got shot, they ruled that no charges would be filed. On to the third and final road rage story. This one took place literally just weeks ago. On a Sunday, two vehicles were traveling westbound on a highway near my city when both of them pulled to the shoulder of the highway. The police and articles that I read about the incident did not say what the road rage was about, but the two men decided to take matters into their own hands. The two men, one being 39 years old, the other one being 68, approached each other. Two punches from the younger man were landed. First punch dazed him. Second one put the man to the ground. The younger man picks up the older gentleman and puts him back into his vehicle and left the scene. Police and medics arrive on scene to investigate. The 68-year-old man was still alive in his vehicle and taken to the hospital where he unfortunately died from blunt force trauma. As soon as the two men approached each other, calls started flooding into 911, reference to a fight happening roadside. All the information was gathered by the dispatchers, given out to the officers, and officers arrived on scene just after the younger man left the scene. Fortunately, there were traffic cameras in the area, and immediately the information about the driver, the vehicle, and the trailer he was pulling were given out to the officers as well as surrounding agencies. The very next day, social media was flooded with this man's picture and the picture of his vehicle. I mean, my Facebook blew up. I shared the story so that they would hopefully be able to catch the suspect. Officers did go to the man's house in an attempt to make contact, but the wife said she didn't know where he was and refused to answer any questions without a lawyer being present. That was on Monday. Tuesday, after social media was flooded, the man, having nowhere else to go, turned himself in. Now this man has a very long criminal history of violence and assault. At the time of the incident, he was on parole for assault that he had served nine years in jail for, and now, he's being charged with second-degree murder. The suspect's wife is also being charged, but her charge is hindering prosecution. And why? Why did this 68-year-old man, who was a father and a grandfather, have to die? All because someone couldn't control his temper? Road rage 
can be as mild as a huff or an exasperation, but as I've shown here, it can also result in death. The resolution. 911 call comes in. Call answered. Dispatcher advised of a road rage incident. Location acquired. Details gathered. Caller's information attained. All information given to local, county, and state agencies. Call ends. What the caller did right. The first caller we talked about called 911 to give information about a careless driver. Even though the caller was being very passionate in his swearing, he was able to give me a full description of not just the vehicle, but also the license plate information, as well as location and direction of travel. What I learned as a dispatcher. In the 20 years that I've been dispatching, I've seen a huge leap in the number of road rage calls. 20 years ago, I would get a random road rage call, but now I receive them almost daily. If I had to average it, I get road rage calls probably five or six days a week. Sometimes I'll get more than one a day. Other times it'd just be one or two, but they're always coming in. I've learned that each one of these calls is roughly the same. Someone's angry about what someone else did, but the outcome is what always varies. I handle each call the same. First, I need to know where it's happening. Then I need to know what direction of travel, the caller's information, the suspect's information, or their vehicle information. If you can get a plate, that's great. I need to know if any damage occurred to my caller's vehicle, or if that resulted in any kind of injury to my caller, or if the caller is following the suspect vehicle or being followed by the suspect vehicle. Having grown up in the area where I work, I can direct most people to the nearest police agency when they're being followed. I tell people the last thing I want for them is to put themselves in harm's way. I would prefer that the caller not follow the suspect because it can and usually makes matters worse. If my caller is being followed, I really don't want them to go home because the last thing they need is the bad guy knowing where they live. So I ask them if they can, please drive to the closest police department and then I guide them there. My partner will call the other agency that I'm directing them to if it's not my own to let them know what's going on. Sometimes I will actually go ahead and transfer my caller to that agency so that they have a firsthand real-time account of what is happening. This way, the other agency can have officers on scene at their department when my caller and the bad guy show up. The legacy. I've learned a lot when it comes to road rage. I myself have, in the past, raged at a few people. I use expletives in my car that they can't hear. I may have shown a finger or two to people, and I may have used my horn. But in the experiences that I have dealt with as a dispatcher, I realized that my actions, or better yet, my reactions, can cause problems. You don't know, I don't know, who that person is on the other side that may have cut me off or is following too closely or for whatever reason is upset because I changed lanes. I don't know. 
the thing is, is like the guy who is up for second degree murder, the man that pulled over with him had no idea that this guy was going to kill him. You don't know what's going on in that other vehicle. The best thing I have learned to do is to take a deep breath, keep following the traffic laws, because if an officer ends up getting called out, I'm not going to be the bad guy in this situation. And literally stay in my lane. Let that other person be angry. Let them move on. If I need to, and I have done this, I just slow down a little bit, let them get going so that they can be a distance away from me. And then my anxiety dissipates and hopefully they'll get over it too. I've learned to just let it go and don't engage in the rage. Have you been a victim of road rage? How did you handle it? Head over to my website at digitallydispatch.com, fill out the quick web form, and tell me what you think. Dispatcher nuggets of knowledge. The following statistics have been compiled by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Did you know that 66% of traffic fatalities are caused by aggressive driving? 37% of aggressive driving incidents involve a firearm. Males under the age of 19 are the most likely to exhibit road rage. Half of the drivers who are on the receiving end of an aggressive driver, such as horn honking, rude gestures, or tailgating, admit to responding with aggressive behaviors themselves. Over a seven-year period, 218 murders and 12,610 injuries were attributed to road rage. And one scary statistic worth noting is 2% of drivers admit to trying to run an aggressive driver off the road. The calls, stories, and legacies I share are dispatched digitally. The lessons learned by all, the callers, you, especially me, are a piece of my life's unfolding story that I'm proud to share and are preserved digitally. Your thoughts, ideas, and comments can be sent to me electronically at my website, digitallydispatched.com. I am a 911 dispatcher. My name is Lisa, and you have been digitally dispatched. <laughs>